Greetings all. Welcome to the 107th episode of the Chief Yuya Podcast. And I want to welcome all of you, first-timers, as well as those of you who have been loyal and consistent listeners. And willfully, you have not only been listeners, but uh, doers of all things that you have heard that are applicable and, and good and motivate you towards a higher state of perfection and spiritual being. Uh, similar to our last session, I'm not going to go very long. Uh, this will probably be our last session for the 2023 Gregorian. So uh, coming in 2024, no big celebration, anything needed because it's not actually the new year. But uh, even though it's not the, the new year, I do place significance on numbers, always place significance on numbers. And I tend to share uh, coming into these these new Gregorians, maybe some things that we should all be mindful of and be on the lookout for or keep our own eye on, you know, going forward. So, yeah, you know. Um, one of the, the the first things I just want to speak to briefly is just preparing yourself in a real way, in a very real way. You know, we're, we're coming into a time now where um, so many things are, are going to be revealed to those who have the ability to see. But most people are not going to see what's happening. You know, it's similar to, you know, you might go outside and say, hey, I'm going to go outside and look for. Um, extraterrestrial spacecrafts. Most people may say, oh man, something's wrong with you in the head, thinking and saying something like that. And you go outside and you might see something that no one else around you see, sees, you know, and then you start questioning your own sanity. Is it me or because we're all standing here. And I mean, what I'm seeing is physical, but why is no one else seeing it? And that's just because sometimes, you know, you're in a space where people are not able to see the different dimensions, even if they are, there's, there's multiple three dimensions. You know, that's, that's always significant when we look at the number six, for instance. Six is a, is a very interesting number because six, um, it's a multiple of obviously two and three. And that, mep- that represents the coming together of male and female, the two and the three. But also, and that's why six represents family, one of the reasons, but also it's, it's, it's a, it's multiple threes. So you have a third dimension reality. And then when you have six, you have two three dimensional realities or two, like two times three equals six, two, three dimensionals is six. So you can have multiple. So six often represents that ability to go between dimensions. It's, very similar to the, the state, the, the Luciferian aspect of the six, when you read in the book of Job and, you know, all of the sons of the most high are assembled and Lucifer's right there. Why wouldn't he be? He is a son of the most high. And, you know, he asked him, where, where have you been? And he says, I've been roaming the earth. I've been walking the earth rather to and fro looking for whom I may devour. Now, the, the thing there is like, OK, so one moment you're walking the earth and the next moment you're gathered with the sons of the most high, most likely in a different dimension. So that's an example of the six, you know, or of that Luciferian aspect, having the ability to shift through different dimensions, right? So numbers mean something. You know, in our last session, I spoke about words and I know it may seem very simplistic because it's like, well, one session is about words and one is about numbers, but I promise you there's always more than 
uh, to what meets the eye than what meets the eye. So um, we're going in 2024, which it's going to it's going to have it obviously a vibration of your number eight. Right. And number eight is is always a very interesting number because it's not for everybody. Eight is one of those numbers that you could just skip past and go to nine if you're not built a certain way. You know, when we think about the number seven, for instance, at seven, we see perfection, but it's the perfection that's done through terrestrial or earthly work. So like you have the the Elohim who labor for six days and on six days, they rest after the six days, rather, they rest on that seventh. And on that seventh, they're able to say, okay, cool, look at what we did, right? But these are things that we did here on earth. And that seven represents, okay, this is the perfection of what earth is able to do. So now when we get to the eighth, what we're dealing with, or that that eight number, we're going beyond earthly perfection. So now we're going to what some people call the supernatural, right? And some people may call it that, and some people may just call it the natural. You know, for instance, I've seen so many times in, in sports, whether it be boxing or especially basketball and different things like that, even in music, where people have, or, or journalists or critics have spoken about someone's ability, and they've said, man, what they did defies nature. But if you really understand the mindset and the temperament of the native original, we never seek to defy nature because we understand that defying nature will get you killed. So we don't defy nature, but rather we are nature. So the things that we may do, whether we are, you know, running through 10 different people on a football field, whether we're we're flying in the air and, you know, over the tops of six foot eight and six foot nine people flying over the tops of their head to dunk a small ball, a ball in, in, into a, a basket or doing things with our voices or with our fingers, you know, musically and showing the dexterity that is beyond the understanding and reasoning of those stuck in the seven doesn't mean that we're defying what's natural. We're just defying what your perception and your limitation of the natural is. You see, so eight is a season now coming into this 2024 where we're going to start seeing things, some of us, that are up above and beyond our, 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 um, they, they're above and beyond natural cognition or normal cognition, rather, and stretching into the metacognition. You know, when we look at even, um, let's say, like Peshach or Passover, um, or Shavuot, you know, it's it's seven strongs or 21 days, if you will, you know, and it's that seven strongs of perfecting um, our different emotions, which, you know, our seven emotions, our ability to love and to be receptive and to be um, ambitious and humble and uh, f- even fearful and, and compassion and, and bonding and, you know, different things like that. But we in and receptivity. So during that time, we work to master a different emotion per strong. Right. And at the end of that, then you've perfected yourself. But at that point, you you're beyond that seven. But remember, during that time, after you perfect yourself beyond the seven, then you're able to receive a Torah or receive the law on Shavuot, you know, because now you have control over your seven emotions. You know, so we we constantly see where this this seven 
takes us to a higher vibration. Like, um, you know, I always talk about music, of course, it's seven musical notes. Um, but even when we look at like the different scales of whether it's a diatonic scale or even a chromatic scale, if we take seven steps, seven steps from the beginning of musical notes, we end up at a complete octave at the top. So now we have the same note, but now at a higher vibration. It's like you being a person walking seven steps or going through seven, seven doorways. And when you get to the last doorway, going through that eighth one, you're still who you are, but you're more perfected than you were when you began your journey. You know, so the eight is like, it's that vibration of, of a certain um, force or certain individual or experience that goes above what we limit nature to be, or we limit nature to do, you know? Um, and this is an important sort of idea, you know, same way how we circumcise our children on the eighth day, you know, um, because it, it signifies our connection with what we would consider to be, or with some, again, would consider to be a supernatural deity. But, um, you know, one of the, the things I wanted to really speak about on that is the sky. You know, I did a, a, a segment, I think it was last year, um, Sky People, a series. It's on YouTube. Who are the sky people? I definitely urge you to check it out. If you haven't listened to it, you should listen to it. Um, it also gives you a lot of understanding of as far as where we step from in our new life, Global Ministries. You know, sometimes I've, I've noticed a measure of confusion when um, I'm teaching about different systems and different ideas and, and people want to put you into one place. Well, they say, well, man, I, I heard you break down Arisha. So, and I know you're a Baba Lao. So that's your thing, right? It, the, the Arisha thing. That's what we're doing here. And I say, yeah, I am a Baba Lao, but I'm also an ordained minister. You know, um, and when I say ordained minister, I'm an ordained minister in the uh, Christian arena, right? So what about that one? <laughs> and then we can go to, what did I hear you breaking down Kabbalah and Torah? So you must be one of those Hebrew Israelites. Hmm. Yeah, sort of, <laughs> you know, and sometimes it's very hard for people to conceptualize that. There is something beyond the boundaries that you call religion. See, when people are living in a natural way and studying natural order, you still got to study. Doesn't mean it's 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 not a get um get out of jail free card, if you will, for studying. Some people think like, well, I just live a natural life and I I do this and this, so I don't have to study anything. Yeah, you you just stay dumb. You stay dumb because our ancestors always studied and had schools and had universities. You know, people traveled all over the world to sit at the feet of our of, of our people in in um in in uh, ancient Kemet, you know, or that Nile Valley, you know, area to to come and learn. There were universities, there were scrolls, there were libraries. So just this thought and idea, like I feel my way through everything. No, you're just silly. You're just a very silly person, you know. Uh, and I just have to be honest about that. You have to study. There's no getting around it, but there's a combination of things. But sometimes it's the way that we study or the way that we're taught to study. It it turns us off from wanting to study. It turns us off from wanting to be academics, from wanting to be scholarly, 
you know, um, a lot of times, especially those of us who are melanin rich, we all of our greatest genius has been relegated to sports and entertainment, you know, um, and there's a there's a distinct reason for that. There's a distinct reason. Um, There was a time I was talking to uh, an elder recently. I had such a beautiful conversation. I have to call him. Actually, he's he he said we wanted he wanted to keep talking some more. Um, I had a beautiful talk with an elder uh, the other the other day. He's a um, he was a basketball player years ago. He went overseas and came back and whatnot. And it was interesting because he was only about maybe six two. And he said, "Yeah, well, you know, back in my time, I was a giant." He was like, "I was tall back then." He was like, "Now, forget about it." I was like, "Yeah, man." Playing ball, man, you gotta be like six nine, six eight, six ten. I said, Those those dudes are giants, man. They're Nephilim. He was like, Yeah, it was different in my day. You know. Um, but you know, we were just sharing stories about the continent and he was able to actually trace his family to Benin. He knew two of his family names and elders who were from Benin, which is a huge accomplishment for those who've ever tried to do that work. And even his name. Um, I was like, man, that's well, that name, that's an interesting name, you know, and um, his last name. And that's what kind of sparked the conversation. I said, that that's that name. So I, I almost think I know what that name means. And then I said, where, where is it from? And then that's when we started speaking. And he was like, yeah, I always wonder about my name, too. And then we were able to do some tracing. But, um, you know, one of the things that I was speaking to him about, we were talking about sports and things. I said, yeah, man. I said, there was a time when the hoop was much lower. I said, you remember that? <laughs> I said, are you old enough to remember that? I was, you know, because when you get to speak to these elders, you get to get information that you wouldn't normally get, you know, that, that are not in books. And I was like, yeah, man, I, I remember, you know, I wasn't old enough to remember that, but I, you know, I've studied and read about it, but it's nothing like studying and then being able to get some firsthand um, or even secondhand information. And he was like, yeah, 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 that the hoops used to be lower. And I, I also spoke to him about baseball. I said, how much do you know about baseball? Because I know that there was a time when the fields were much smaller. When you look at these old, you know, black and white clips of um, these old time baseball players, the fields were smaller. And um, so we got into a beautiful conversation about that. And I asked, you know, I'm asking and I said, you know, is it because of uh, guys like Jackie Robinson? You know, because what happened was, and he, of course, he was like, yeah, absolutely. Same thing happened in basketball. Um, melanin and rich people were excluded from those sports. And when they started to get into that, those sports, the rules had to change. So you have to raise these. You got these brothers who these giants flying through the air like, OK, we got to raise the basket up. And because they were mastering the two point shot, they have to they came up with a new shot called the three point shot. You know, and the same thing in baseball, because you had these brothers who were coming in, you know, your satchel pages and your Jackie Robinsons, and they were hitting these balls so far that they had to actually make the baseball fields bigger than what they originally were before melanin rich people were allowed to come into the game. And, you know, so we, we were having a great conversation about that. And he was sharing some personal stories because um, he played um, and also he played baseball. He told me he played in the Southern Negro League. So uh, we were speaking about that. I was just asking him, you know, what was that like? And, 
He was like, yeah, we didn't really make any money, but, you know, just, you know, teach him. But, you know, just beautiful information to learn about. But, um, you know, one of the things I was kind of sharing, I was like, you know, that would be the same all the way around the board. Like we're, you know, doors are opened in terms of sports and entertainment, and then we change the landscape of those fields. Feels, but there are other areas where we would do the same exact thing. Math, politics, science, astronomy, especially astronomy. Come on now. With our eyes and our vision, you know, and our understanding, because that's deep down in the, in the DNA, our understanding of star systems. We lived by the stars, you know. Um, but all of these different areas, I was saying, you know, we would do the same thing that we did in basketball, you know, the same thing that we did the boxing, <laughs> the same thing that, that we did the football. We would do that with astronomy. We would do that with, you know, biochemistry, you know, the, uh, neuro, neuro, um, neurophysics, you know, all of these different areas, you know, and we're coming into a season now where uh, I'm going to urge all of you who have disability to go into another gear to go into it you know sometimes we we really 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 limit ourselves because what what we really do and what we're really good at is not valued in the greater social sphere and we think that it's not valued just because it's not productive to society but that's total bull that's total bull um there's a reason that explorers came over to the continent and early years to study our dances and to study our music and to study our perspective on the stars. And we thought, oh, they were just coming over to learn entertainment. No, because within our dances and within our music were lessons. When you take the Dogon people, for instance, there's a there's a ritual that's done every year that it's, it's a big thing. You know, you got to understand that this, this, well, every 60 years is another ritual, but where it, it outlines and maps the constellation of the universe is a dance that the men and women do. And it's a great honor to be able to dance in this dance. It's something that young people, you know, they strive to do. But we might look at it and say, oh, they just dancing and drumming, having a good time. But other people understood, no, this is deeper than that. See, the dance is masking something just like a lot of times. And this is we we and Ifa and so many other systems and Palo we're doing. We do the same thing. We create elaborate rituals. And I'm telling you right now, as a high priest, a lot of times the rituals don't need to be nearly as elaborate as you as you think. You know, part of that is to is to is to hypnotize you. So you'll believe that whatever's happening is working because so much is held up in the power of your own belief. You just don't know it. And then another part of it, why things are so elaborate in that sense, because is because um, we're masking it from onlookers from knowing what we're really actually doing. So we might have a long dance that we do. And we've got all these feathers and we got all these spears and we got all this fire and all these libations. And you're not realizing, no, we're doing that because we know that there's invaders and spies around us. What we're really doing is having a deeper, deeper conversation with the universe, but we're hiding that. We're masking it. You see, 
And then there's some things we can do and call forth that invaders won't be able to see anyway because they don't have the ability to see it. You see, when you when you, for instance, look at the doggone people, they were left with 366 symbols. We we call up a couple of them here and there. But those 366 symbols, when the Nomo came, if you know, and I broke down the story of the Nomo, I think it's in the video called New Gods versus Old Gods, something like that. But um, when you when you look at the Dogon or even at the serious systems, but just the, the Dogon down there and in, in, um, in Mali, you know, the ones who are near that um, Bandi, Bandi Agara era, you know, those would also be the ones who were. Um, near that Timbuktu or Mali area, West Africa, as we would say, you know, um, they had so many mysteries that they unfolded to early settlers, uh, well, not even settlers, early explorers and scientists, you know, and anthropologists. They had so many mysteries that they unfolded and so many that they did not. When they were talking about Sirius B, you know, or what's called the dwarf star, and it, the fact that it moved in this, elliptical orbit, you know, um, around its parent star or its larger star every 50 years. At that time, they were sharing that information. Yeah, I remember it wasn't even until uh, I think it was um, Clark, uh, Alvin Clark. He was a he was an American, you know, um, astronomer. It wasn't until 1862 that they were able even to see that star. So, of course, um, you had scientists at the time <laughs> saying it was pure coincidence that they knew that this star, this there was this little tiny star that no one could see and that it folded in on itself. Because they used to say that the, the dwarf star, Sirius B, as they call it, you know, is um, uh, they, would, they used to say that it was white and heavy, white and heavy, you know. But if you understand anything about a collapsing star. It becomes very dense at its center. So it's like if you took um, a piece of paper and you folded it in on itself, like really, really tight, just kept folding, 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 folding. You know, you end up with this very dense. It's smaller than it was, but it's very dense, you know, and in their tradition, you know, it was the Nomo. And the Nomo was basically what you would call Elohim. And they came and they they gave them information and they founded their civilization. They taught them about the Sirius system and they made it clear that this is where we come from. This this hot star, because Sirius means hot or blazing or flaming. That's what Sirius means. But we come from this very hot star. And these are these are your origins. These are your beginnings. You see. So. What's so very interesting about that is that we're coming into a time you're going to see, mark my words. You notice every time I, I give you a prophecy, I haven't I haven't been off yet. I haven't been off yet. So willfully, willfully by now you're learning. Maybe I should pay attention. <laughs> if he says that I might, maybe I might want to listen. But I'll just say we're in a time where you got to watch the skies. You're going to start seeing things in the sky and not and, and you don't need a telescope. And in particular, you want to keep your eye on Sirius B. Keep your eye. There's, there's two different systems you want to look at. That's that Orion system and the Sirius A and the Sirius B system. 
In particular, keep your eye on Sirius B. It's time to now shift your your understanding of the of the various wavelengths that come forth out of these out of these stars. And though you may look at the Dogon and you know, like as they said, like you know, when they talked about Sirius B and Sirius A, they said that you know. Um, Series B was the was the egg of the world. That's what the Dogon said. You know, and of course they had the two names, which were Sigitolo and Potolo, you know, for that that star system. You know, um or or um, excuse me, for those two stars, not for that system. But you know, one of the things to think about is that again, given three hundred and sixty six symbols, and you might say, Well, why would I need symbols or why would we be given symbols by the Nomo? about Potolo, which is Sirius B, or Sigitolo, which is Sirius A. But why would we be given those ideas? You see, why would we be given that when we have to live here on Earth? Because one of the things they began to figure out is that the stars map the human body. So scientists were also very confused about the Dogon because they had an understanding of how blood flowed through the body. And they couldn't figure out how the Dogon knew about how blood flew through the body. And they, you know, they would have these dances they would do that would map out this part of the 366 symbols that they were they received. And eventually they realized that it was the symbols that they received. When they when you know, they don't ever want to admit that, you know, however they found them, they told you how they found them. They told you who gave them to you. Extra gave them to extraterrestrial beings. They told you straight up. You know, but the symbols showed them not only the fixation of the star systems and the, and the astronomical bodies, but it showed them how their the inner workings of their bodies work at the same time, which goes to show like there's a mapping. Now, what's so interesting, whether you go to the Akan system in Ghana, you go to the Yoruba system in Nigeria, as well as the Igbo system, as well as the Hausa system. Of course, the Dogon system um, and even the Congolese system, they all point to Sirius B. When you study those systems in the right way and you understand the language in the right way, they all have this relationship with Sirius B. You see, and of course, there are legends that or there were there were details that were grafted onto existing legends about Sirius. You know, and sometimes we look at those legends and think, oh, it's a cool story. You know, it's a nice little story teaching us about your your mythology and not understanding that. You're being taught by these these brilliant tribesmen, you know, when to plant your food, you know, um, how your body works, where you come from and when you need to look at what's happening. You know, so as we're coming into this season where we're now coming into this eight year and this eight year, again, representing being able to see beyond the natural or being able to experience something beyond what's considered natural. I consider it very natural to be able to look up into the sky and to see Potolo, you know, or to see Sigitolo. Um, That's not necessarily supernatural to me, but it is for society. But those of us who are functioning and vibrating on that level will understand that, you know, um, these heavy stars 
or these small stars are going to make different sorts of appearances. You know, and these symbols that were given were given to the Dogon for a reason. You know, that's why it's so important to begin to trace. You know, every every nation was given their own Elohim and given their own mysteries. And sometimes we look at the mysteries of other nations and we get too excited. Especially because we feel like, well, I have nothing. I have nothing, so let me grasp onto this. Let me graft myself into this tradition. You know, in the Orient, they were given the E-King. Great. I study E-King. E -king. I know the E-King very well. But I also understand that it's not necessarily mine. And there are, there's language and, and, and symbols that are used in the E-King that, that I'm not going to relate to down on a biological level because it wasn't for me. You see, and it's no different than if I read the 256 Odoo. And I can read Odoo and I can, people have heard me. Some of you have heard me break Odoo down, down to each leg of the Odoo, each position of the Odoo, how that top, that top line is your head. The second is your shoulders. The next is your stomach. The last is your feet and showing you how each one works together on, on the left and right side of the Odoo, right? But you've never heard me claim that I'm Yoruba. I'm not. I own land in Yoruba land. I have family in Yoruba land. I tell you that much, but I'm not Yoruba. And that was not necessarily given for me. See, the beauty of what I was given, and I'm so thankful for that, is that what I was given is the, is the, the grandpappy <laughs> of all of these other systems. But I may teach you those systems to bring you through those schools of thought so you don't get distracted by them. So you can understand what's greater. Or as you oftentimes hear me say, the most high. There are many things that are higher than us. Come on now. For instance, when we talk about terrestrial beings versus extraterrestrial beings, if you're looking at something that's in another dimension that exists above and beyond you, let's say if it's a grasshopper or if it's a beetle or it's a cockroach, that's an extraterrestrial being. Should you now worship it and pray to it? I wouldn't. <laughs> me personally, you know, but it is an extraterrestrial. And there are scriptures in the Bible where it talks about when you, when you read about Ezekiel's will within the will, and then he looks up and he sees in the sky, there are, there are animals, there are people and there's animals. So it almost looks like the same things that are on earth are there, but they're actually in the sky. Well, that's just another dimension, right? So, you know, in the same instance, um, When we are looking at, um, I'm sorry, I got some messages coming through. So in the same instance, looking now. One second. When we are looking at um, the skies now. There are things that are being sent and shared with us. You know, when you hear, and this is not for everybody, for some people, um, the, the, the 256 Odoo is what you need to be working with. For some, the 66, 64 hexagrams of the E King is what you need to be working with. We all have something. For others, um, the 366 symbols of the Dogon is what you should be working with. 
It's not too many people listening to me right now that that's what you should be working with. I will share that, you know, um, for us at our new nation, you know, I center us and I, and I, I may share these other sciences and these other school of thoughts and bring my members through these school of thoughts, but I'll share, you better study that Kabbalah, get deep into that Kabbalah. Everything's inside the Kabbalah. For instance, if you look at the the ancient Hebrew or the or the the Akkadian text, we look at it like it's just letters, just like invaders looked at the Dogon and saw him dancing and looked at it like it was just dances. Or that's like me listening to hip hop and think it's just and taking everything literal. Oh, it's just words. No, these are these these are not words. These are spells, powerful spells. You see, and these dances are powerful dances. This is not we're not dancing for fun and for entertainment. It becomes that because that because we are a celebratory people. But that's not really what this is, is what you think it is, because you don't know what you're looking at because it wasn't made for you. You see. So in the same instance, if I'm saying hey, check out that Kabbalah and you thinking it's not made for you. See, that's the thing. You've been scared out of what's yours because there are people who don't want it to look like the NBA. There are people who don't want it to look like the NFL. <laughs> so they send you other places. They they give you, you know, <sighs> Christmas. You know, they give you stuff like that. Say, here, this, this is for you. You can have this. Take this. Why would I take something that my enemy has given me? You have shown yourself to be my historical enemy. Why would I take? anything. Well, no, I would take things from you. That's that's probably not a right way to put it. But I ain't going to take anything that you freely give. Let me put it that way. <laughs> you know? So what is the perspective that you're coming from? We're coming from the perspective that this is mine. I can show and prove that this is mine. Now, the other stuff, I you know, when I look at ancient Kemet and I I can look at the and understand the steps that are there that are given to us there as well. But that wasn't for me. My people influenced what happened in ancient Kemet because I understand the migratory pattern of my people. I know the places in the continent that my people walked through and left their mark. I know my people when I find my people. But everything I see on the continent is not mine. That that's my ancestors, and that's my ancestors, and that's my ancestors. That's silly and foolish. That's stupid. I can't keep having that conversation. I promise you, I won't. I will not. If you want to go and be a slave to some low order spirit that has nothing to do with your bloodline, go right ahead, dummy. Go right ahead and see what what does not happen in your life. And some of you are so mesmerized by the Babas and the Iyas because of what they're pulling up in, because of their house. And you're thinking that they have all of this because of the blessings of their spirituality. They have all those things because you are a fool. You are financing their lifestyle. That's all. That's it. We're coming into a season now. To We're coming into the supernatural in 2024, Gregorian. We're moving, we're moving beyond, we're moving beyond the seven of perfection. We're moving beyond that. 2023 was a seven year. It was a rest year. It was a holy year. 
Now we go beyond the lower order gods into the meta gods. You see, the super deities. Now, can you stand in the face of the super deities or have you still been wasting all your time trying to get earth rich by doing little stupid spells and rituals, trying to get earth money? You see, what have you been doing all this time? This whole year of holiness, what were you doing? Were you still stuck in your jealousy and your ego and in your bitterness and in your anger and your pride and your arrogance and your lust and your greed? Were you still stuck in that? Or were you shedding those things away? Because, see, those are all the traps that keep you from now manifesting what you're supposed to. See, when you're truly manifesting what you're supposed to, those who will purport to teach you won't even understand what the heck you're talking about. You ever see real old school graffiti done well? Can't even read it. Unless you from that. (laughs) Unless you're from that, you can't read it. That's like you take someone from the deep south, go to Alabama, go to Mississippi. You know, certain parts of Florida. You drop a person from deep Alabama, Mississippi, even Louisiana. Dropping them in the middle of, of, of Jamaica, but in the woods, in the province. Take them, take them to uh, Maypen. Take them to Clarendon. Drop them down in the middle. Have them talk to a, a Jamaican elder there. You know one of, them, one of them old Jamaican elders that you can barely understand what the heck they're saying? Even other Jamaicans can barely understand them. And I bet you those two people will understand each other. That person from the deep south and that person from deep, deep Jamaica. They eat the same foods. They listen to the same music. They wear the same clothes. They go to the same kind of church and they can understand each other when they're talking, when they're speaking and no one else can. You see, because they're fully activated. See, activation doesn't look like, you know, you're acceptable and embraced by all of society. That's the trick. Activation looks like society doesn't understand what the heck you're doing or what the heck you're talking about. And we're we're in a stage now where I'm telling you, you're going to have to start functioning like that. There's so many times I've talked to people in the Risha community who were so upset because they felt like their community was being invaded upon. This person is coming and doing this and that person is coming and doing that. And I used to tell them, so what? It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter who gets initiated. Doesn't matter because they don't know what to do with it anyway. What are you so worried about it for? I give you all the spiritual baths you want. It's just going to be tea. It's just going to be a bunch of herbs and tea for you because it's not going to activate any anything in you. It ain't for you. <laughs> That's just the reality of it. What is for you, though? What activates you? What gets you to your highest vibration? And are you still concerned that it'll be accepted To the point that it could be monetized. Because you feel like if it can't be monetized, it must not be worth anything. That's dumb. You think when George Washington Carver was working with the yam and the peanuts and all those other plants that he had out there, that he was thinking about how am I going to make money off this? Or was he just connecting? You going to make shaving cream out of a peanut? George, you must be crazy. You see? You're going to make healing bombs out of the yam. You see, you see, George was nature. That's the difference. He was nature. You see, and when you are, are functioning at that level, 
You'll do things that other people who are functioning at a much slower and lower vibration will look at and say, wow, that defies nature. And then what they'll do, I'll give you a great example. Years ago, the only, only motorcycle accident I ever had on my own. I've fallen before, but um, not with me by myself. I felt years ago as a child with my father. My father was riding me and um, we fell. And I remember my father fell with my brother before, too. They slid under a truck. He did some real stunt guy stuff. <laughs> a truck was cutting him off, an 18 wheeler, and he brought the bike down. That's a, yeah. And him and my brother went sliding under the truck and came home. They were fine. I mean, the bike was banged up a little, but was able to get back and was able still to ride the bike. You know, that was crazy, you know, and then he fell with me as well. But, um, by myself, I've never had an accident. Um, all praises to the most high. Cause I, I like to ride big, fast bikes, you know? So, um, I don't, I don't really ride anything under 1100. Well, actually, no, no, no. My super hawk, my, I have a super hawk. That's a nine. It's like not, I think 995 CC. Yeah. So that's, but that still is torqued up because it's, it's got, it's got a V12 in it. It's, it's got two big, it's a big engine. It's so torqued up the thing. What am I talking? Motorcycle talk with y'all. Anyway, let's, let's go back to the lesson. So. One time I was on my, uh, years ago, I had a, and anybody knows bikes, bikes, you know about the hammerhead. I had a hammerhead, which is the old Suzuki, uh, Jixer. And, uh, it was a race bike. I used to take it to the track. And, um, I was messing around. It was about two, three a.m. I was on a back street and I was doing willies because I used to do tricks on my bikes, but I never liked to do tricks in front of people. I always felt like that's when you get hurt. You know, because people gash it, do it again, do it again, do it again. And that's that's when, you know, you wake up in the hospital, you know, they're asking your name. Do you know your name? Do you know who the president is? You know, stuff like, you know what today is? So I'm on a back street. It's empty. It's three in the three in the a.m. I'm probably keeping people up, really, you know, and I'm doing willies up and down this this street. So I'm in the air. I'm pulling I'm pulling this willy. I'm like, OK. You know, I, I'm like, I'm going to take the whole block, the whole block doing this willy. All of a sudden, I hear another engine. When, when, when? And I'm like, all right, I must be imagining things because I'm out here by myself. Another guy on a bike pulls up next to me. And while I'm mid-air willying, he tries to talk to me. He's yelling through his helmet. This, this guy was not right in the head. He ends up running into the side of my bike. We end up both going down. We both crash. And uh, we go sliding. And it was so crazy. We slid for so long that I had time to lift up my face mask. And I'm yelling. I'm like, yo, what the F are you doing? (laughs) That's how long we were sliding. And uh, we finally got up. He couldn't get his bike started again. Uh, he had no license or nothing. The cop showed up. It was a whole long thing. But I was like, yo, what, what was you thinking? He was like, yo, I saw you had the bike up in the air. I wanted to ask you how you willy. But why would you be asking me that while I'm in the while I'm in the air willying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Long, it, was, it was a long story, but that's an example of what we're talking about. You see, 
people will look at things that you do now and they will say, man, I can't do it. I've never seen anybody do anything like that. And in order to try to get that intel from you, they're going to slow you down, crash you and bring you to the ground. Then ask you. It's like when you see a boxer. And they come out of retirement, they 65 years old and they come out of retirement to fight somebody. You know, and of course they get beat. Right. And. um, At 65, it's so much easier to see what I do. It's so much easier to understand my technique. I don't move like I used to. You see. You can understand me more. You can get around me more in a different sort of way. You waited until I fell or you made me fall. Because if I got to come out of retirement at 65 because all my money's messed up, chances are IRS man stole all my money or my accountant stole all my money. My bookkeeper stole all my money. You see, so I, I got to keep fighting just, just to, you know, keep the mouths fed or, or to keep child support off me, whatever it is, right? So that's an example, man. You, This is a season now where you got to do things that, are considered above and beyond what, what people tend to, to see as natural and don't let them pull you back down to understand what you're doing. See, that that's that's the challenge that you have in the school system today. If you let these children be and let them do their thing, they'll defy all of the understanding of those who are standing in front of them teaching them. Then what would you do? You'd have nothing to teach them. You see, how many things can be learned through dance? Just take that one thing. How much mathematics can you teach through dance? Why they don't do that in school? I know through music, there's a lot of mathematics you can learn. You know, from the different rhythms, from triplets, the quarter notes, half notes, whole notes, different timings. It's all fractions. All your timings, four, four timing, three, four timing, one, three timing, seven, eight timing, six, eight timing. That's all fractions. You see. But isn't that how us Afro Shemites learn and Hamites learn? Don't we learn through song and dance? Why would you take that out? Oh, because you can't sing and dance. And because you can't associate song and dance with mathematics and astrology, because you could show me a dance that outline outline. If I tell you right now, draw five constellations, you probably couldn't do it. But if I said we're going to do a dance and each dance is each step we do, we're going to create the shape of a of a constellation. I'm going to teach you five dances that's going to create. I bet you remember those constellations. I bet you. Now, you know, astronomy. Look how quick that was. How about we do a dance where I show you the different uh, shapes and geometry? Go to most children and say, hey, you know what a rhombus is? Nah. You know what a diamond is. (laughs) But let's do a dance. Let's do a song. I'll show you that way. You'll get it. And then what's going to happen is you're going to take it even further than what I taught you. You're going to show me new shapes. You're going to find new constellations because you're connecting with them in a deeper and a more profound way. Can't have you doing that. This is going to look like the NFL up here at NASA. NASA's going to end up looking like the NBA. Can't do that. Keep teaching them in a way that doesn't speak to them. Keep doing that. Keep giving that genius inside of them a sleeping pill. You got to keep doing that. 
or they're going to lose us. So now is our time we look at Sirius B. We look at that star system because you're going to start seeing in this this season, you're going to see things in the sky. Remember I said it. They're going to start making an appearance. Now, we already know NASA has talked about the mothership that they believe is on the edge of our galaxy that has been sending um, drones down. We know about that, right? That they've already published that. But you haven't seen them. You will now. But what that means is that everything you take in now has to be of a high, holy vibration. I gave a uh, a commandment in my house, House of You, Yah, that in 2024, all of our intake is going to be consecrated and holy. Music, movies, food, relationships. If it ain't holy, we ain't doing it. I'm pretty good with all of that up until the music, I got to be honest. And it's only because there's certain music I like to listen to when I work out. And uh, it's aggressive music. You know, I like to listen to aggressive music when I work out um, to remind me. Sometimes, it, you know, just remind me, which is probably the wrong reasons why I'm working out. But if I listen to a song about somebody hurting another person or getting beat up or how ferocious another person is. And I'm over there doing something that's difficult for me to do. It makes me want to do it even more. Yeah. Get that knockout power, right? (laughs) Get that speed, right? Get that footwork, right? That's right. Case you got to put hands on somebody, you know, but that's not, you know, especially at my age, I shouldn't be working out for those reasons. Right. But so Taking this this time, say, you know what, man, get that off the table. Get it off the table. I'd rather listen to Family Reunion by the OJs. Because I'm I'm gonna be in this space working out or on this ab wheel, um, or wherever I'm doing, or doing some pull-ups because I want to be able to kick it with my grandchildren and play tag with my grandchildren at the family reunion. You see? So so many different things that you can motivate you by yourself by, but by keeping yourself consecrated and holy means to be set apart, means to be consecrated. So holy just doesn't mean to be good. <laughs> it means to be away from the world. And the, and that means away from lower vibration, dirt, lower bestial animal vibration, right? If you do that, you're going to start seeing things. And the reason you're seeing them or you will see them is because, um, Look at that. Yeah, I want it. That's a whole nother story. I just saw a text. That's a whole nother story. Um, good story. Um, but the reason you're going to start doing things, seeing those things is because of genetic reasons. You're going to start seeing Sirius B. And you're going to start seeing that movement of Sirius B around Sirius A. And other people are not going to see it and they're going to say you're crazy. And that's cool. Don't even worry about it. No big deal. Crazy in love. It's okay to be a little crazy or for people to think you're a little bit crazy. People don't know any better. You see, they don't know. They just say anything, you know. But the thing about it is that once you start understanding the roots of these sciences, you know, we, we attribute so much to melanin and that's cool. We should. And like I've said before, everyone has melanin, you know, um, 
but that melanin is is you know you have melanin in your blood, you have melanin in your eyes and your ears, on your genitals. Your genitals are typically highly melanated. That's when most of our genitals are darker than the rest of our bodies. But everyone has it, you know. But how much do you have, and how active is it? Is the key. And some of us we have more more active melanin because of our DNA, because of our genetics, because of where we're from, you know. Um, so that's the thing. It's not just that you got melanin, it's about who you are, which now gives you the access to, um, more active or a greater vibration of melanin, you know? So we have to start at a point of truth. And once we start at that point of truth, we can start now separating ourselves from what builds someone else's heaven and builds a hell for us. Remember that, that song nation of Islam stories have. You know, um, white man's heaven is a black man's hell, you know, uh, and I'm not just talking about race at this point. It's, it's beyond that. If you, if you figured out that game so far is beyond that. People are classifying races in a way that make no sense. And I'm going to share something about that coming soon. Um, not in this segment, but I promise you the way you're classifying yourself is probably completely wrong. It's so wrong. You know, but that's part of the that's part of the trick bag, you know, thinking you're white and black. And it, it, I'm telling you, probably you probably not anywhere near what you think you are. But once we start getting into this knowledge and understanding that knowledge builds minds and the quality of that knowledge um, will determine the quality of how life flows through us. Our ability to see things, our ability to understand things, our ability to realize that. um we may live in a society that was built on a mentality and thought pattern for the naive, you know, and if you understand um, how to build your own kingdom through your own consecration, how you're through your connection to the to the, the, the skies, you'll understand that a wicked society can't be, can't survive among you. You'll be the destroyer to that society. You see, Instead of you being destroyed and you being enslaved, you know, and that means that some of what some of the ideology of getting to a better place, it has to function inside of a closed system. That's all. It just has to function inside of a closed system, because when we start to come together with the collective consciousness. The first thing we have to understand is the, is our unconsciousness. You see. Once you understand your unconsciousness and the, and the behaviors of unconsciousness, then you'll understand, man, how to come together in a holy sort of way. You know, you'll start to understand how to come together in a in a holy way instead of trying to force feed people. You know, but it, it's there's so many different aspects to it. it. But it's time now that we start looking at what makes us so great and so special. That's that eight value. That allows us to civilize instead of expecting a civilized society. We expect these things, you know. So I would say this is a time that begs us to question the true intention of what's noble and what awakens us in the process. This is where we get a we get a beautiful hint from our comedic elders with the idea of Kepra. Kepra was that beetle and it represented the steps of transformation, the dung beetle that would push its own dung, which represented the journey of the sun across the sky. But Kepra represents the steps. 
you know, how do we develop ourselves and through through a better into a better society that becomes a physical reality, a, a intellectual, physical, and spiritual reality? Of course, it starts. This one, the first step is the mind, because everything we do it it starts from a thought, and that thought then travels into the space of our mind. You know, your mind itself is a is a space, and things move around it, and the mind is much larger than the universe. You see. But a lot of us, um, we have this sort of uh, thinking that's just like the, like the size of a grain of sand. And we don't expand anything. But we don't understand that nothing is ever truly, truly idle. Everything is moving and growing. And without the mind, um, which is no thinking. So then we have to start looking at, well, who took your mind? Who, st- who arrested thought? Who, who arrested development? You know, much of it began at, in, at the times of colonization and, and the times of slavery. And you then when you thought you started to get an education, you were taught a way to do things that never spoke to how your mind actually worked. Two plus two plus two plus one plus one plus two equals ten. <laughs> You were taught things like that. You're like, what? Why would I do it like that? <laughs> you know, instead, why would I just say two times five equals 10 or 14 minus four or 15 minus five equals 10? You know, but we start to sort of limit the natural way that we perceive things through religion. Children have a natural sense of spirituality. You see. They have a natural sense of spirituality, and then it becomes limited through religion. You see, children they they conceive they can conceive of an idea that stars are larger than the earth. You see, children know that, but. After a while, we learn to neglect the use of our mind. You see, we watch all these fantasy movies and we don't understand why there's so many satellites over the earth. You know, there's over 1,300 Russian satellites over the planet Earth right now. 1,300. Why so many freaking satellites? That doesn't even get into the Chinese and the French and, of course, the American ones. You see. Are you limiting my my thinking? Are you keeping me in that sort of donkey, <laughs> you know, way of thinking by having all of the all of that, that uh, technology over my head? You see. There's so much we're going to get into on this one. In this coming season, um, I know I'm already at an hour now, but um, be prepared for it. You know, we're always taking shifts and turns with, with this with this experience, whether it's Anu Life Global Ministries or this podcast or whatever teachings I'm giving. You know, we got to stay in tune because this is a Kepra experience. This steps. We ain't going to keep doing the same thing over and over again. That's what you've been trained to do. You know, that's what you've been trained to do. And I, I'm not with it. <laughs> I'm not with it at all, you know? So like I said, we're in a time now, pay attention to the skies 
And if you live in a place where you can't see the sky, move. Just that simple. Move. You're going to need to see that sky. And if you've been thinking about moving to the country, you know, where you can see the sky, you better do it. You better do it because people have been telling you what's coming from the sky is going to look completely different than how it really actually looks. They're talking about uh, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and stuff. Why do you think there's so much media that is focused on reptiles? V. Every time something comes from the sky is a reptile. There are different Elohim. I've seen I've seen my creator. I've seen it. My creator didn't look like a primate. My creator didn't look like a reptile. Okay. That's not how my my creator looked. It had long head. They almost got that part right. When you look at these the the, the, the spacemen or the ETC, these long well, they, they mess ET up, but the long heads and things like that. They say, oh, well, that's just a, that's just a rendering. Nah, uh-uh. You're trying to throw me off. Because half the images that you create of aliens look like Ethiopians. Like distorted Ethiopians. You trying to throw me off the trail. <laughs> I've seen my creator. I, I, I didn't come from a reptile. Now, some of you may have, and that is what it is. You have to take that up with them. Some of you might have came from a monkey in the sky. Hey, ain't got nothing to do with me, bro. That's not what I come from. I'm sorry. And we have to get to a place now, especially us on new people, focus on where we come from. And that's not negating any. I'm not negating the E King or negating the 366 symbols of the Dogon. Or, or I'm not negating anybody else's experiences because that was for them and their bloodline. When you hear me say I knew as a bloodline. You're going to learn more and more over the coming um, season what that really means, that this is a bloodline. So you're learning the teachings of your bloodline. And that's where your power is from. And that's what you've been kept from. Because every time you start getting a clue and start getting close, watch who steps in. Hip hop, watch who steps in. Rock and roll, watch who steps in. Jazz. Watch who steps in. Break dancing. Watch who steps in. Pop locking. Watch who steps in. The Lindy Hop. Watch who steps in. The Jitterbug. Watch who steps in. Because we know what activates you. You saw that in the movie Inception. What woke him up out of the dream? You remember? Music. They use music to take themselves to the next level of the dream. So we got to we got to change that music. Huh? Real instruments, take them out to schools. But then you see these other groups of people. They take their children and, and give them classical piano and classic and classical violin lessons. And we say classical. We might as well just at this point, just say Moorish. Just say what it is. <laughs> Moorish music <laughs> from Europe. And they give them those lessons. And we still think music is for entertainment, but those children don't look entertained. They understand, no, I'm I'm doing this because I'm activating my math. I'm activating my chemistry. I'm activating my biology. I'm activating those sciences and understandings inside of me through the through these different forms of music. It's not a game. 
We just told you it's a game. You see? So we'll get into that more. Again, I'm over an hour at this point, but I want it to be short and sweet. But nonetheless, be prepared. We're coming into that eight season. And now this is our time to be extra. (laughs) We've gone through the perfection of the seven. Now we go through the metacognition and the metaphysics of the eight. We come into that space going beyond the strict confines of religion and going into the, the blessed confines of law. Living out those laws that you hear me talk about, those Levitical laws, those Deuteronomical laws, living those things out, getting consecrated, getting holy, so we can start seeing what we're supposed to see. We can start communicating at the level we're supposed to, not only with each other, but also with the planet, also with that which is off the planet. This is a part of our preparation for our return home, I promise you promise you, you know, I preached a funeral, uh, and it's on YouTube, one of our members transitioned, I preached that funeral on uh, what 16th, I think, on the 23rd, uh, I preached another, a couple of days ago, I preached another funeral, I called for another funeral, I had two funerals I had to preach in less than eight days. Driving back from that funeral, got another call. <laughs> got to preach another funeral. Um, the beginning of January, I think January third, fourth, some somewhere around there. We're, we're working out the details with the funeral home. Got that call. I'm still driving up from the funeral I just finished preaching. Got an email. Um, someone I know. They have a, a baby coming and just found out that they're, they're having twins and they want me to do the naming ceremony. See how, see how, now all of this is, is in less than a 30 day time span. And as I was driving, I was so exhausted driving up, man. From that second, second one I did, my eyes were stinging. Oh, they were stinging so bad. You know, you know, when you get so tired, your eyes start stinging. <laughs> they're like, they're like, man, you better, you better close them. You better close me. I'm going to close it. You close it. I'm going to close them. I was in that space and I was like, oh my God, I'm exhausted. And I wasn't exhausted from, I wasn't physically exhausted. I was emotionally exhausted. And you know that feeling you get when you cry, like after you cry? Some some of you may have felt that before, that feeling, but you didn't cry, but you felt like you did cry. It was one of those, if you know what I'm talking about. And, you know, we just have that your breath, your breathing is off. You just feel unbalanced and you just have that that emotional drain, that heaviness on you. And you feel like you've been crying, but no physical tears have come out. And I was in that space. Then I got the call. Hey, I need you to. Organize. Um, preside over and do the eulogy for for this funeral. I said, man, I'm driving back from from just eulogizing. So I just finished doing one. <laughs> you know, get it together, man. And I'm not I'm not sharing these things to scare you. 
it's an honor for me to be able to do these things. I tell you, honestly, it's an honor because for someone to trust me like that, to say, hey, when I transition, I want you to do this. I want you to send me off. You send me off. That's an honor. Or for someone to say, hey, when we bring these ancestors back, I want you to welcome them in. You see, help me out with the name and then you bestow the name on them. That's an honor, you know. And what what it means is that during the down times, you got to really be taking care of yourself. You know, you got to really eat right. I don't get enough rest, but you got to get enough rest. You know, um, stay away from toxic people, from draining people, draining situations, because there's more important people and more important things happening on this earth than people's nonsense and foolishness. You'll mess around and miss the whole shuttle leaving from the planet. You'll miss it coming down and miss it going back up because you over here arguing with someone about something trifling. And you're supposed to be ushering people back off the planet. And you're supposed to be welcoming them onto the planet and you over here bickering with someone. Or or mad because you went to the car dealership and they didn't have the color that you wanted. And you got to wait another month before, the, you know, what you ordered came comes in. <laughs> the fake wood grain is peeling and bubbling up. You you upset about that. Or your neighbor threw a better New Year's party than you did. You see, or your ex took took the children on a trip that you couldn't afford to take them on and you're embarrassed. You better get into that eight. You better get into that eight. There are things that are happening that are beyond this nonsense. Beyond it. All right. So that's been our segment, 107 Chief Yuya Pro uh, Podcast, probably last one for uh, the Gregorian. And like I said, we're going to hit the ground running in this eight year. We came through the perfection of the seven. Now we go beyond perfection. What does beyond perfection look like? We don't know. <laughs> that's what's so great about it. We don't know, but you won't see it. You won't see it if you haven't mastered those seven realms. You will not see it. And for those of us who do see it and have that ability, get holy, sanctify yourself, join Anu. I want to welcome and we have some new members who are joining, getting ready to go through orientation now. I know some letters were sent out to you. And as you probably know, um, when you went through your interview, they said, well, chief makes the final decision. So I, I, you know, I watch all the interview videos and everything and I give the thumbs up or the thumbs down. So I want to welcome um, you new ones coming in. People are people are are waking up to what's supposed to happen and not playing around anymore. They're joining our new and they're getting with the sky people and those who understand these sciences beyond the religion. <laughs> you know, who are not stuck in religion and who are not stuck in and um worshiping and serving lower order entities and lower order spirits, thinking that there's something greater and better than them. You tripping. You tripping. With no luggage, you know. So yeah, I want to just welcome you all. And for anyone else who wants to join, come on in, you know, or come on in and apply. You know, that's the thing about it. I knew I make sure that the place is safe by having an application process. I didn't always do that, you know, in full admission. I didn't always do that. That's why we had so many people. Before. We had it was much bigger. 
before because I it was a come one come all. It was huge. And um, then I realized over time, like, yeah, I need to be a little bit more discerning because what I'm doing here is it, it ain't church. <laughs> it ain't church. We demand change. So when you start, people come in, they have certain issues and you want to talk, hey, what's going on? I noticed this and noticed that. They have to be in a place where they're ready to like, yeah, I do have that challenge. And can you help me out? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm all ears. Let's let's do it. You know. Um, so yeah. And also I like to have a safe space. I like to have a space that if someone breaks down or starts to revealing, uh, revealing things and disclosing things that they don't feel like they're in a space where someone's going to run and go use that for something or whatever, you know, that safety is an important thing. We got to be emotionally safe, man, or it keeps us closed up and unable to see serious B. If you can't see Patolo, you in trouble. Tolo means star. Po means seed, by the way. You got to see that star seed when it appears or you in trouble. I'm telling you now, you don't want to get stuck. You don't want to get stuck. All right. That's our segment. All right. Everyone enjoy uh, your day or your evening or your dawning whenever you're listening to this. And willfully it sparks some thought in you. And some consideration and put you in a place of better uh, preparation, you know, for what's for what's coming in and for what's happening. All right. So this is Chief Yuya. Again, you can follow me on at Chief Yuya as well as House of Anu, which is also um, my house's uh, YouTube and social media handles. If you want to join Anu Life um, or Anu Nation, uh, our community. You can go to anulifeglobal.org and hit the join button. And uh, yeah, that's where it's all at. <laughs> that's where it's all at. All right, everyone. So enjoy your day. Be well, be safe. Peace.